1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. So you've been doing
0: this for people that, uh, you know, don't make it out to T-Mobile park. Maybe they're listening out on the East coast or whatever. You're playing the drums outside of the left field, uh, entrance pretty much every home game.
1: I think I've only missed probably like 6 to 7 of them. And uh those were like mental uh mental days I had to take for myself. But other than that man, I've been out there uh rain, sleep, snow, high winds, wins, loses, zombie apocalypse. It's just, just been up, <laughs> you know, just dedicated, you know.
0: Yeah, you are the vibe. You are literally the the first and the last thing Thing you see
1: yeah it's pretty cool because um because I feel like I'm like the first line of uh inspiration when fans are going into the stadium so I feel like if I can get them hyped and give them enough energy they can kind of uh transfer that from the stands onto the field and then you know the players want to play for uh fans supporting them. they kind of want to show out you know and the more fans in the stadium already turned up and hyped you know I think the better we perform so it's almost a symbiosis of uh of collaborations going
0: on you know yeah it is it's uh it's pretty interesting you play with the highest of highs and the lowest of lows of the emotions of the fans coming out uh what's your like go-to if we just had a big walk-off victory everybody's coming out of the stadium charged up what's what's your go-to
1: so i reel them in with some michael jackson and then for michael jackson uh i get them dancing with each other with dance with somebody and then, uh, you know, we just keep the party going for a little bit. And then I, I, I got to throw in that don't stop believing just so the fans know, you know, win, lose or draw. You know, we still support the Mariners. You know what I mean? That always gets them riled up. And, uh, and then I take it to some more dancing. And then I, I sometimes have to, like, stop because they won't stop dancing. So I'm like, all right, this is the last song. They're like, no. Yeah, like you know, I I play uh, peaches um, from the, the Super Mario Brothers track. That's kind of like the the last song of the night, and that's kind of like my uh, curtain call song. And so, you know, uh, I play that and let them know, like, hey, I gotta go home because you know I I don't live here on in front of left field gate. So <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that yeah. yeah, that's some expensive real estate down there. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so let's just go to the flip side of that. Let's just think. Let's just. Uh, how about like? Look, last year, probably the lowest feeling. Of, or it's obviously the playoff game when the Mariners lost to the Houston Astros. Yeah. What are you playing? What's the vibe like? What are the people like? You when this is going on as well.
1: Well, well, the game before. Okay, so we that when we made that playoff berth, like that game that night was crazy. It was like everybody was dancing, and I think. After the game, people were dancing like two hours after the game had ended. And
0: really? I
1: was, yeah. I have video of that on my Instagram. And I'm just, it's just like you just see this tiny little drummer surrounded by like 3,000 fans going crazy. So like that was a good experience versus uh, when we lost that. It was still like really somber. I know um, fans took it hard. I took it hard. You know, we, we always want to win. But I still, you know, wanted to provide that good energy, that good vibe. You know, like I say, win, lose, or draw, it's always going to be a party at you know left field gate. So a lot of fans appreciate it. A lot of fans were like, "I don't want to dance with nobody. Get out of here, guys." You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> like I stop believing. You know, but but still, but still, you know, uh, we're still going to party and have a good time. I think the fans appreciate it, um, and I and I think it's uh, it's all uh, it's becoming a part of the tradition uh going to the ballpark. I know a lot of parents hit me up and and their kids are like, can we see Pike Street Drummer after the game? You know, and then the games I'm not there, which is probably like those six or seven that I missed, you know, they were a little, they were a little bummed. And so they they, you know, DM me the messages of their kids. And so I post those. You know, I like to post um from the fans' experience perspective of uh what they're experiencing at the park. So like that's really cool.
0: Yeah. And you've been doing this now for four seasons. Is that correct? Yeah, I think
1: it's my third or fourth season. Yeah. At the park. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of flew by a little bit because I was playing on first and Pike. That's where I got my start. Right. And then, um, a couple of people were suggesting like, hey, hey, you should like go play in front of the mariner stadium. And I was like, okay, okay. People kept asking. And so I like finally set up in front of left field gate and then the parks, uh, the park manager came out and he was like, hey, uh, who, who are you with? And like, how did you get here? Or like, who did you talk to? I was like, man, I just set up. He was like, whatever you do, man, just keep coming back. And we're not gonna say anything if nobody else says anything. And so since then, I've just been there, man. Rye bread and mustard. A Marinus podcast. We have the one and only
0: Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle, <laughs> and somebody came, and, and this guy had been overserved. I came out of the restaurant. and He goes, "You're the you're the Mariner guy." I go, "Yeah." And He goes, "Could you do Ken Griffey Jr.?" And I said, "Okay." So I did it. And he goes, "You're a great man." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, A Mariners podcast, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You know, doing a little bit of homework on you before you came on here. I looked up some yeah. articles. also know that you're from, born and raised in Chicago. You've been out in yeah. Seattle for a decade. So yeah. what was Chicago like? How was that music scene? Obviously, a lot of great artists come out of Chicago, especially in the late 90s and early 2000s. So what was that music scene like? And what was your music uh, upbringing?
1: Well, I always wasn't uh, playing on the street. I was actually going to uh, Columbia College. And there was this brass band called Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. It was it was eight brothers. They all played uh brass instruments and they would street perform in front of my college. And I would I would just sit there and watch them. I asked them one day, like, yo, you guys need a drummer. And they were like, yeah. And so I started playing with them and started skipping college. And we were street performing all around downtown Chicago. And we were making we were making a, a lot of money for eight guys splitting that money down at the end of the day. So we started going to New Orleans, LA. And New York. And uh, we got to New York and, and actually stayed in New York probably about, um, we lived there for like eight years. That was like different. And from New York, we started meeting like all these A list celebrities just like downtown in Times Square playing on the street. A lot of people would uh, ask us to come to their studio sessions. We met one of the representatives from the Gorillas. They flew us out to London to do some studio work and we ended up touring with the Gorillas uh, for a while. Um uh Maxwell, Erica Badu, 50 Cent, uh Ghostface, Kanye West. Uh I did production with the B fifty twos and Wyclef and just a whole list of uh people, you know what I mean, out in New York. And uh I met a girl and uh moved to Seattle.
0: I know that you also toured with Most Deaf. Is that right? Yeah, man.
1: We toured Most Deaf uh for a while. It was um so Robert Glasper, he's um Grammy Award winning. Uh pianist. He was Most deaf's musical director. And uh we were working with him and he brought us on this Most Deaf big band tour. And so we toured all over uh seas with Most staff uh, London, Paris, Amsterdam, Dublin. We did a bunch of shows in Dublin. And from those tours, uh, the band Hypnotic Brass Ensemble, we cre- we started to create a name for ourselves, and we uh toured individually not individually, but as a group as Hypnotic Brass Ensemble for like a while. They're actually still touring, they've been touring for the past 27 years now. Yeah, they're all over um any major platforms. YouTube, uh Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Uh they're really dope, man. They're like a fusion of like jazz and um hip hop, a little RB in there. Uh yeah, man. Seven, eight, eight black guys from the south side of Chicago, man. They look like they they look like thugs with music instruments. And that was always we were we had a um <laughs> We had a nickname in the music industry. We were known as the Bad Boys of Jazz because, like, we didn't play around. You know what I mean? You had to, you had to pay us at the end of our show. Or it was going to be a little problem. <laughs>
0: uh, being from Chicago, uh, so were you? Were you a Cubs guy? Were you a White Sox guy? You're, were you? A, were
1: you a- Everybody's a Cubs fan in Chicago. We just can't afford the tickets, but everybody can go <laughs> to the Sox games. Uh, Sox games were like super cheap. I think you get tickets for like ten and fifteen dollars but the cubs games like back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000 were still like a hundred plus dollars you know what i mean at at the field they got those um apartment buildings across from the stadium Mm -hmm. and you can go up top and look down into the to the field even those are expensive so you know um Everybody's always a Cubs fan. We're always rooting for the Cubs, you know. I mean? I've
0: been to Wrigley Field. I never, I still haven't made it to Comiskey. I, I met some Chicago people here during the All Star game, and we were talking about it. And they swore that uh, the White Sox games are way more lit than the Cubs games. And I was like, oh, yeah, "Damn, no, they, I feel-
1: are. They, they well, they they are." Yeah, certain games, certain games. Um, the Cubs, the Cubs games. I've never been to a Cubs game, man. They're, like I said, the tickets were just too expensive when I was growing up. But our family, uh, my mom always would take us to Sox games or, like, the YMCA always had, like, you know, these passes to get into the Sox games. Mm -hmm. The Sox games, I think, were um, for, um, you know, the blue-collar individuals that worked in Chicago. So I think that's why – I think the blue-collar culture in Chicago really appreciates the uh, Sox. Everybody's rooting for the Cubs. The Cubs are kind of like – I feel like how the Kraken are, you know, I think the Kraken is a uh the team they they're almost like a white collar, you know, uh fan base. They
0: are. They are. It is it is expensive to get into to a Kraken game.
1: The Seahawks and the Mariners I think are catered to a blue collar uh fan base and I think that's why they have that strong support right there. Not saying that the the Kraken don't have that strong support cuz they do. Their fan base is awesome as well.
0: So do you also play uh, when the Seahawks are having games? and what's and if so, what's it like uh, with the NFL crowd versus the MLB crowd when you're when you're doing this gig?
1: Man, like um, the comparison they're definitely two different fan bases. Um, th- but honestly, man, I think the baseball fan base is is way more, I think, excited and more uh, interactive than the Seahawks fan base but like they're both have their like ups and downs um i think seahawks fans are they might they might be more drunker because they're drinking at like eight in the morning because they're tailgating (laughs)
0: yeah are you (laughs) setting up earlier on a seahawks game
1: yeah actually i do man because usually the later games or even the early games like i'm i'm always at the location probably four hours before each game starts but the seahawks games they're tailgating at like eight in the morning i'm not out there that early but like at least 11, 12 o'clock, I'm already like set up and playing till about, you know, when the game's over. You know, the setup's crazy. Uh, and the times I'm out there, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's some long work hours. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm not playing the whole time, but it's definitely almost eight hour days working uh, the Mariners or the Seahawks.
0: So you, like you just said, they're not working the whole time. So when the game's going on, yeah, when, the game's kind
1: of on keep- yeah, when the game's I'm chilling. yeah Yeah. post post game i'm playing probably three hours up until a little bit into the first quarter or the first inning um and then once everybody's in the baseball games i start playing at the uh, top of the seventh inning through the uh let out because like a lot of families leave um the manor stadium a lot of families or older uh individuals leave at the seventh inning mostly the couples on dates and uh the other crowd they leave after the game's over. Um, ah, interesting. Yeah. I kind of got it down. It's down to a science, man. I got it down. Yeah, so,
0: so you're playing for all those people who are like, "Look, we got to go. We got to get on the and yeah,
1: yeah.
0: we got to get up the on ramp and get the hell out of here." Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot
1: of it's it's usually typically a lot of families with like younger kids or like uh older individuals over like 40, 50, 60. They're they're leaving at the at the top and bottom of the seventh. So those aren't
0: the dancers. Those aren't the people hanging around all night.
1: They're They're, (laughs) they're trying to get out of there so they can get on the highway and get out. This is
0: their workout mix to the car. (laughs)